0: The practice of putting on this virtue of love through adoption means we live into a prophetic promise, both past, present, and future, of the kingdom of God where we find a different kind of unity, a unity in Christ. Adoption means we are part of a brand new family, a new tribe, with a new story, and a new identity. Let's dive in deeper. everyone. This is Jess Seski and today we are wrapping up the virtue of love and what it means when we put on this kind of love through adoption. On today's podcast, we're going to sit down with some of our church family members to talk about the virtue of love and how putting on this particular virtue or practicing this virtue through adoption, we get to live out this kind of Christian virtue as Christ desired. I get to sit down and interview two fellow staff members and fellow adoptees, David and Kristen, and how putting on and practicing this virtue of love through adoption, Christ has been revealed in their lives and stories. And also later, Matt gets to sit down with the Morgan family and their story of fostering and defining family and practicing the virtue of love in the spirit of adoption. We get to dig on that more later. But first, a little background. You know, adoption is a unique part of the Christian virtue of love. Historically, I think about the history of the Bible and how often some of the most evil and gripping things that stand out to me have to do with children. Even back in Bible times, people understood that there was something powerful about inheritance, identity, and presence. In fact, this value for children was something that made early Christians stand out in the Roman Empire. At that time, Idvinzide or the murdering of infants was widespread unwanted babies especially baby girls or infants with physical defects were often discarded in sewers or town dumps early christian writers apologists and theologians however began to speak out against infanticide, and followers of jesus often went out to the sites where infants were left to die and rescued them so throughout history we take our cues from christ When we live into the same spirit of adoption, we combat spiritually and physically against destruction. We actually live into this virtue of love as Christ defined. We're brought and welcomed into God's family, into a family, already existing family. As Paul addressed the church as brothers, this language is even revolutionary in the early church. Adoption shows us and exemplifies that we are welcome here and are welcome in one another's family. You know, the virtue of love through adoption is that we are also given a new identity. In Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. You know, a new identity doesn't necessarily mean we ignore our family of origin either. You know, for example, I know I have a new identity in Christ as a Christian, but I also have been adopted. And as a transracial adoptee, I don't necessarily ignore my Asian ethnicity. You know, even when I became a U.S. citizen, adoption doesn't ignore or obliterate my ethnic identity. The same with Christ. I feel like the spiritual and familial are all parts of the same story that can coexist at the same time. And when we put on this virtue of love as Christ exemplified, all of these aspects can be celebrated and acknowledged that we are part of each other's identities and inheritance. You know, being adopted also When we put on this virtue of love through adoption, we acknowledge that we have this new inheritance. We actually learn to be children of God, not orphans. We get to further talk about that in the interview with David and Kristen, where we talk about an orphan spirit. But in Psalm 2, verses 7 through 8, it says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. We go further in our interviews as well to talk about when we put on this virtue of love through adoption, we get to practice and live into a spiritual adoption. This might mean too, you might be thinking, oh, i actually have no means to adopt right now, or I've actually never thought about it. You know, just because we aren't out there adopting or fostering doesn't mean we can't live and be in relationship with one another in the same spirit of adoption as Christ exemplified. You know, as we practice this virtue of love through adoption, we are called as Christians to care for orphans and widows, and we also fulfill God's mission in this sense. I see this throughout the way that Christ has exemplified in his life. You know, he actually calls us to be aware and to call to care for the most vulnerable. In Matthew 25, we see that. We also agree um, and see that protection against children isn't charity. It's actually more as we're called to care for the orphans and widows. And also, we actually can be called to spiritual fatherhood and motherhood. For example, I call myself a kidless mom because I don't have yet have the privilege of having my own children, but that doesn't mean I can't care and nurture and love for not necessarily children, but one another, my peers and friends, in that spirit of fatherhood and motherhood as well. We can find that in 1 Corinthians 4, 15. And also further, when we put on this virtue of love um, through adoption, we get to pray against the cures for fatherlessness, and we actually get to pray for a sense of belonging and acceptance in our community, in our family, in our churches, as Christ exemplified. So I've had the privilege of sitting down to interview my fellow adoptees and friends, Kristen and David, about what it means to them to put on the virtue of love through adoption. Let's listen. Hello, everyone. We are um, discussing the topic of the virtue of love and putting on love and what that specifically looks like in today's episode is putting on love through adoption. And I have my friends David and Kristen here. And would you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit and then tell us a little bit about your story of, you know, why we've asked you to talk about this (laughs) and um, just, yeah, just
1: share a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, So my name's Kristen. I have been in San Francisco 12 years now and been to reality basically since the first Sunday. Um, And the reason you guys asked me to talk about adoption is because I'm adopted. Um, I was adopted at a couple days old, always grew up knowing I was adopted, but never really knew what adoption meant within the Christian context as I became a believer when I was an adult. Um, And I actually, I guess it was four years ago now, found my biological family, Um, so went through a deep, deep dive of uh, counseling and soul-searching before that and really kind of unearthed a lot of what it means to be adopted, what it meant to be chosen, um, and just really took time to sit with God and explore that. Thanks, David.
2: Yeah, and uh, I too have uh, been here at Reality for some time since about 2012. And I'm the ancient one here. I'm 64 <laughs> years old, and I've had a long time to think about my adoption. I was adopted as a baby as well. And uh, my mom and dad, Ingrid and Clyde, could not have children. So she had blocked fallopian tubes, and were, she wasn't able to have kids. So My dad worked at a hospital where I was being born and um, they decided that they found that my birth mother was putting me up for adoption. So they made the arrangements and took me home on the, (laughs) it's like the third day that I was, after I was born. Mm -hmm. And I too have had an opportunity to meet my birth mother and my birth father and all the things that have come up around that. Um, I was also, I knew at a young age that I was adopted and um, yeah, so it's been an interesting journey of... Discovery.
0: Yeah. Now we discussed earlier in our podcast that putting on this virtue of love through adoption redefines our inheritance. You guys touched on it, your identity, your family structure, you know, and we're even go further into talk about as Christians, our call and the way that we live our lives. And I'd like to highlight just from your guys' life and experience of how putting on this virtue of love through adoption has changed you. I know that's very general, (laughs) but I would love to hear just what God has been showing you just in this season about this particular virtue of adoption. Any one of you guys can start.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll start. Um, It's actually a really deep question because Uh it deals with a lot of very deep feelings of um, beginning with even the feeling of, of being unwanted and why, why did they put me up for adoption? You know, I'm really grateful to my parents who adopted me, but I always wondered about why, you know, and until I actually met my birth mother, I didn't know why it was always mm-hmm. a question. It's like living with a question, um, and living with a question mark. And that question mark drove me to the Lord because obviously he was the only one that could help me really fulfill a sense of identity in who am I and what's my history and what's my genealogy. And and all of that has been places of of questions that the Lord has helped me to um, get some closure on uh, deeply inside in places where only he could do that. And then, of course, it was added uh, an added blessing when I actually met my birth mother. And we could talk a little bit more about, about that later. But
1: Yeah, yeah. I think for me, stepping into the virtue of love was receiving love. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that was always a struggle for me. Similar to David, I had a lot of questions growing up, and I never really knew: Do I belong? Am I loved? And I had great, an amazing parents, adoptive parents, and family, um, but that was something I never really received in in the core of of who I was and. Um, my journey was actually attempting suicide. And God completely intervened in my life in that moment and said, throw that knife. You are loved. And I think for the next six years, it was really this place of receiving that truth and knowing how deeply I am loved by God that has allowed me to now be able to put on the virtue of love and love others Mm -hmm. in a depth and a way that I couldn't have done if I hadn't received God's love for me, knowing that I am chosen, that I am cared for, and the ways that God has said, I see you, I know you, I know your voice in a crowded room. And for me, I think that just really transformed everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I feel like, yeah, we're talking about actually like physical adoption as well, but is there something that we might share when we're talking about, you guys touched on this is like you're adopted into a new identity in Christ, right? So there's a spiritual sense as well. Um, would you guys mind sharing just a little bit about what you're learning about? I mean, it could go either kinds of adoptions, but mostly the spiritual sense of, Maybe perhaps too, we're not actually, you know, people in our church aren't actually adopted or they actually don't necessarily want to adopt children, but we can operate in this sense that we are adopted in Christ. So,
1: definitely. Yeah. I think the inheritance that we have, um, the places and the depths of being known is what happens spiritually for mm-hmm. us. And so, whether you're physically adopted or not, you have a connection to adoption because God says that we are adopted into his kingdom. And I think that place of just being known, um, being loved to that degree, I think of like, yeah, just, I don't know, just knowing that you are loved so deep within your core. I think that's what anyone can take from being adopted into the kingdom, whether you had a great family, whether you didn't have a great family, whether you're adopted, whether you are abandoned, no matter what, um, you can receive that truth. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, part of it, too, is we were talking earlier about this idea of an orphan spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus himself said, you're no longer orphans, mm-hmm. but you're sons. But there's there are things that identify an orphan mm-hmm. and there's things that identify sons mm-hmm. and or daughters. And so an orphan it can be somebody who just feels unseen unknown, unheard having to fight for air, they there's an orphan spirit is, is one that is, uh, the prescription for an orphan spirit is, is being adopted, you know, and we're all, whether we're physically adopted, which is an amazing, I'm so grateful for someone who decided to give me up for adoption and, 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 Mm -hmm. and allow me the opportunity to be in a home. But that's also a spiritual thing that we have the opportunity to be fully known and fully loved and fully brought in and all the places where it feels as if we just, the greatest thing for a human soul is be known and seen. Mm -hmm. And so for God to see us and adopt us is such a beautiful, um, mysterious and mystical thing, as well as a physical thing that can actually happen within families.
1: Yeah. That truth Mm -hmm. of I am chosen. That's so huge. And you, as David said, you have a home and we just have a, Different sort of side of that, where we get to see it from a perspective of knowing that people chose us, you know, and God chooses you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've talked to a lot of adoptees or people who have, a, you know, just going through their own adoption story, just about how their life they once they've grasped just being chosen, instead of being fighting this like feeling of being rejected or abandoned. And not every adopted person does it, but I think that's pretty much a big part of their story is like when they grasp, like we said, like the belovedness of them. We want to be known and seen, like experiencing God in that way is so powerful. And then continuing to operate out of that way is like exactly what I feel like heaven will be like, is like yeah. we are known and seen by not only God, but one another here on earth too. So thanks guys. So great. Um, You know, what is maybe tell us about, one of the most important lessons that you guys have been learning so far in your journey. I know you guys have already dropped so many nuggets <laughs> of wisdom, but is there something that's particularly standing out, you know, in this season that you would love to share with us?
2: Yeah, I'll jump in on that one. Um, give Kristen time to th- <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm like, like, oh. So, so, so it's, it's fun to be in this room with each other. Yeah, yeah. The, um, The thing that I think is probably one of the biggest things that I have to say that it's been the most life changing for me and psychologists and psychiatrists deal with this and, and, and some of the greatest pain we can experience is something called attachment pain, Mm -hmm. you know, and and psychologists go into it and feeling dismissive attachment or, or anxious, you know, a lot of things come from feeling unattached, Mm -hmm. unattached to God. You know, I, I, I was in a community group a while back and I said, how many people here feel close to God, you know, feel a sense of closeness to God and nobody raised their hand. Everybody Mm -hmm. felt like far away, you know? And the thing is, I think that the father's heart, a heart of a father is one that would the invitation into just how attached are you to me? I love you. I mean, he loved us so much to send his son to bring us into a new family, you know, and that, that type of attachment. So I think the thing that has been the, one of the greatest things is that sense of fully belonging feeling fully attached to, to, to God. And, um, and everything that's in the way of that he's interested in, he doesn't condemn us. He just says, Oh no, I, I'd like to be able to touch that part of your heart. That doesn't feel close to me. I'd like to bring it in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the ongoing journey
1: mm-hmm.
2: of feeling fully close and attached to God. And, um, yeah, so I've, that's, that's been one of the big probably about the biggest lesson
0: <laughs> i mean that is god's character and i'm like keep talking this sounds amazing like yeah you're right yes yes oh and more yeah yeah so
1: yeah i'd say for me uh one of the biggest lessons i've learned is how to love other people mm-hmm. i think starting from where david said of receiving that love mm-hmm. being attached to god knowing that it transformed all my relationships mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I have a great adopted family who I love and there is still hardship there. There is still conflict in relationships. And when I became solidified in my relationship with God, I began to extend so much more compassion and empathy and understanding to what my parents went through in adopting me and that process and them owning love and And all of that. So I think for me, one of the biggest lessons that I continue to live into is loving people from a place of being loved. Mm -hmm.
0: These are just not, these are such nuggets of wisdom. I'm like, you're right. I'm going to have to mull on this for about 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) so awesome. Um, With that, is there any kind of words of encouragement about putting on the virtue of love maybe for... um, our church that you guys would love to share? Receive it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think simply, (laughs) simply put, receive it, allow God to heal those places of woundedness. You know, we all have it in our life. We all have, as Dave mentioned on Sunday, we all have struggle. And I think for us to, instead of trying to act immediately into Mm -hmm. it, just take a posture of sitting back and receiving God's love.
2: Yeah, I I would really diddle, ditto that, or double down, or all the different all the different things on yeah. what it means to agree with that fully. The the ability for us to spend time with the one who created our souls, knitted us together in our mother's womb, mm-hmm. who 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 had a creation destiny on us, and who has who delights in us and being able to spend time with Him, that is something that is so important because it's true. Um, we do love others. You, you, putting on the virtue of love is allowing yourself to be fully loved. Mm-hmm. And it's out of that, then it comes naturally
3: mm-hmm, to right.
2: be able to love others. Yeah, if you're maybe. talking about the uh, loving your enemies, loving your enemies comes from love that naturally occurs from being fully loved. Mm-hmm. So think about that for a while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah I think there's also a freedom when yeah. you receive love that there isn't an expectation you have from people. Mm-hmm. There's a freedom where I was able to step in and say, I love you, mom. I love you, biological family, mm-hmm. you know, with sort of no expectation to receive anything from them because I just knew it. it didn't matter. I had the ultimate love. I have the ultimate love. So whatever rejection I face doesn't compare to the love that I've already received.
0: Yeah, that is, I'm like all the nuggets of wisdom (laughs) of operating in that way. And yeah, thank you guys so much for being willing to share. I know some very vulnerable part of your life, but also it's amazing to see how God is working through this virtue of love and just Yeah, the freedom that you guys are experiencing from that. So thank you. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. In this next segment, Matt sits down with Emily and Chris Morgan about being foster parents. Through it, they found kinship with Jesus and learned to love in self-sacrificial ways. Listen in as they discuss what it has looked like to become foster parents and the real struggles and insights about Christian love that come from it.
3: All right. So today we are focused on... Uh, putting on the virtue of Christian love, especially from the angle of adoption, uh, the way God has adopted us in a spirit of love. What does that look like for us in the world? And today, uh, I get to sit down with two special guests, and uh, here they are uh, in front of a microphone with me, um, and you two have a very interesting vantage point on this as folks who are invested in foster care. So um, I'd love maybe if you would just introduce yourself, your name, where, uh, what got you... How long have you been at Reality? What got you interested in foster care?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, My name's Emily Morgan. Uh, We've been in the city and at Reality for four plus years now. Um, And our journey to foster care, um, we actually didn't start in wanting to foster care. We started by wanting to simply just add to our family. And Mm -hmm. God took us down a path with a lot of gentle nudges to where we are today.
5: Wow. Yeah, I'm Chris. Um... And everything she just said also applies to me. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: the, the married advantage, yes. uh, you know, the <laughs> two know one flush. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're just going to have a conversation because I, I know you two have uh, you know, even what you just teased us with, Emily, uh, about like it's been a process, a journey mm-hmm. for exploring. We want to expand our family,
5: going down that to foster care. How would you describe that? What 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 took place? Right. Um, I think early on in our marriage, we had always talked about wanting to adopt at some point in the ambiguous future. Um, and after maybe two years of being here in San Francisco, we, we were talking, we recognized the time was right. And so we kind of began that path of exploring what adoption would look like. Mm. And at some point, that path moved us through going to an adoption agency to going to a foster to adopt agency. Oh, cool. Um, and we really, truly didn't have any real desire to foster. It was just the avenue that made sense to be able to adopt. Um, and then over the last, um, I don't know, six months or so since Hmm. we had our first placement, God just has rapidly changed our hearts. And even in the last couple of weeks, as things have uh, changed and progressed, um, God has completely turned around our our desires and our, um, kind of reasons why we're involved in this at all. Wow. So when you talk about God changing your desires
3: connected to this, what, what did that look like? I, I'm very curious cause like we're exploring this from the angle of like, this is connected to our faith is this sort of Christian love that wants to adopt. Um, and God has transformed that. What does that, that process look like of God transforming in?
4: Yeah, I think, um, it's, it's, been ongoing and honestly still is to the point where you know waking up today is like okay god how do i feel in my heart about (laughs) what's happening right now um i think we started looking back almost going towards the past the path of least resistance Hmm. like how can we do this thing that we think is really cool which is adding to our family and also small print helping out somebody else yeah honestly sure um and God just gave really gentle nudges. Some of it actually looked like rejection. We were kind of rejected mm. from our first adoption agency. We applied to and went to orientation just with them letting us know, like it's really competitive wow. and we have some biological kids and a lot of, of parents find it cathartic to give the gift of a child to people who don't have. And so I viewed that as like, they don't even want us. Like we have a heart and they don't oh, want us. And so yeah. working through all of that and just learning to be really, um, honest with our emotions with God, which is tricky because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard to deal in raw emotions with God. Because I think if I tell him what I think he wants me to hear, then maybe he's going to give me what I want, like to be honest. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, it's real. Um,
4: And we had to walk through this, this time of God saying, no, no, no. And then directing us to this path where now looking back, it's as clear as like, like a, a, a coursing river. Like it's like, how did mm. we miss this? Wow. Um, and so I think the biggest thing I would say is just with each step that we took um, being real open and honest with our emotions with God and mm. with each other. Um, mm. Yeah. I think that may has made the biggest change in our hearts.
5: Right. And then real specifically um, I think it was two weeks ago, Emily took the, our three older kids down to SoCal to visit a friend. Okay, yeah. And I was home um, with our youngest, our foster daughter. Um, and the house was quiet for the first time in, you know, like a year uh-huh. with everyone gone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, d- yeah. I dug out a journal and I was journal- journaling. And that night, I just really, really had a clear picture from God like, no, you're not supposed to be doing one thing, you're supposed to be doing this other thing. Wow. Um, and it was the same over the course of the same two or three days that God gave mm. Emily a very similar picture down in so wow. Mm-hmm. which was really neat.
3: That's, uh, I mean, what confirmation to, to see the spirit yeah. working in that kind of way yeah. where your hearts are changing in the same sort of way. And and sometimes it does take God doing a redirect. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that's what I'm hearing in this story. You, you mentioned uh, that you have uh, your grown kids, biological kids, right. Mm-hmm. And also fostering. Um, so I'm very curious about what what that that dynamic is like in the family, where you have like your your bio kids, and you bring another kid into the equation who Mm -hmm. you're loving and caring for. What what does that look like for you two?
4: Yeah. Um, I think the the agency that we're with in, in classes um, in order to be certified, they they helped us a lot with this. And so there's this mm-hmm. idea of concurrent planning, which basically means when you receive a child into your home, you're going to love that child as though they're going to stay forever, mm-hmm. all the while knowing that there are active plans towards reunification with biofamily. yeah and so our our uh, social worker said it's kind of like you're saying yes to your heart being torn out of your chest and stomped on so that the child who you're serving doesn't have to go through that
3: wait <laughs> so you're you hear that you're like time yeah it's <laughs> like, like oh
5: this sounds like fun
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow okay uh, so i mean that that first of all uh respect that you would like uh, (laughs) to hear something like that and go for it because I mean that takes a lot of willingness to persevere endure uh hardship and heartbreak right uh Mm -hmm. and that's also a a, I mean when I hear that I'm like that's a huge love Mm -hmm. that's a a very sacrificial willing to go there with people at whatever cost kind of love
4: Mm -hmm. yeah and I think going back to the question you said with our, our children um it's tricky because we've learned through this how often, well, I, how often I function out of fear. And it's because mm. fear lies and sounds like common sense. Fear says, wow. pre- like, prevent the pain. Mm-hmm. Fear says, don't say yes to this. Don't don't go in the space of these emotions because this is going to be too much for you and you're going to break. Mm. And, like, having to learn that, oh, that's 100% fear. And so walking through this, realizing, like, uh, kind of the trepidation that we were—I was—because you're not very fearful, babe—that uh, <laughs> I was like walking down, even when it came to our kids, and so going now to having conversations now that the path has changed from adoption to reunification.
0: Yeah,
4: being okay with having conversations with our kids, like when it when it the shift changed, the trajectory changed towards reunification. My daughter said, "I don't know how to have her in my home and treat her like my sister if I'm gonna have to say goodbye," mm. and giving space to say. I don't know either. Yeah. And like not to have to have the answer, but to know that Jesus was going to help as we walked.
3: In my mind, that that just translates to like high faith territory mm-hmm. where you have to deal with a lot of uncertainty, a big question, keep going according to a faithfulness commitment that you're holding to. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't really know where it's going to lead you. And, um, I'm in mean, even just as we're talking about this, uh, I can feel even in myself. So my wife Lindsay and I like we we it's like built into the foundation of our relationship. We're really excited to it uh, foster mm. uh, at some point. And so even hearing you say this, I'm super grateful to have this conversation because I'm just filing it away. <laughs> but I'm feeling that pull in my own heart as I'm listening to this, right. and uh, and it seems like you have to be able to willing to endure quite a bit of tension uh, with a heart of love reunification, bringing people into family, but also like knowing the long-term goal is like the best outcome for this child is actually reunification for biological parents. So
5: yeah. What, what do you see in that, Chris? Yeah. Um, well, like you just said, the, the best outcome for the child in the beginning, it's easy to believe the best outcome is for her to be with us. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can look at the Uh, whatever situation's going on and just think, yeah, of course, you know, we love her. We have a a bed and a spot and all these different things for her. Um, But like really when you think about like God's uh, restorative justice and him Mm -hmm. making things whole again, her, uh, if we were to adopt her, that's that's really great for us. Um, And it does fill a, gap in a way for Mm. her absolutely Um, but that's nowhere near the restoration that her going back with her um, birth mom would be you know that's actually like looking at like God's uh, restoring something that's broken Mm -hmm. and then when you can come alongside that and engage with that and be on board when like at the moment that I felt like okay it feels like this trajectory is shifting in this way and I don't like it and I'm fighting it and then God kind of showed me that. And I'm like, okay, I hit a space where I felt like I was on board with that. It just totally shifted. Yeah. And I could envision it and see it and mm-hmm. be excited for something that would have absolutely terrified me mm-hmm. six weeks ago.
3: How wild. And it, like, and, and to almost like have to go through the resistance stage, like, like, I don't want this. I would rather this child just be with us mm-hmm. and... Uh, It reminds me of what you're saying, Emily, too, like the the sincere prayers of like, Mm -hmm. God, this is what I really want. And I'm on board for your bigger redemption plan, Mm
0: -hmm. whatever
3: that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. Uh, If that means saying farewell to this child who I've been loving and caring for as my own uh, for the sake of the bigger redemption picture here. Right. Uh, Yeah.
5: Right.
4: Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that's been surprising through this has been those moments of really feeling kind of like never before a very, uh, a real, um, kinship and solidarity with Jesus. I think that's come from, it hurts so bad that Mm. juxtaposition in your heart, that pull, it feels impossible to the point where probably like looking at it now, if someone said here, Matt, I'm going to give you a kid and you're going to love them and have to say goodbye. You'd be like, I don't know if I'm up for that. Yeah, But God is kind of sneaky in a cool way where it's like, you just unfolds. Um, and so having those honest prayers and just remember like the times where it hurt the most, like praying Mm. and telling Jesus, like, like this isn't love Jesus. This doesn't feel right. Mm. This feels gross. I don't feel, I don't know how to do this. And like, he doesn't come in and like resolve, but like, I remember him specifically saying one time, um, the way you feel about this child is how I feel about every single one of my children. Hmm. And there was just like, it didn't resolve anything. It was literally just being known with him and like feeling this feeling of like crying with Jesus. And then knowing that he, he feels that way, like, okay, I can do this with you. We're together in this. And Um. it, it exchanged, like it's a constant exchanging of fear for the freedom that Jesus offers. When you like just are real with your fear. Yeah. What's going to happen.
3: Yeah. As if, As if Jesus is like, you you want to bear this cross with me, you know, like this is what I, this was what I was going through and you can come along. And in in that, I, I know we're on the topic of, of like Christian, the Christian virtue of love. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's most exemplified in the life of Jesus. How did Jesus live? Mm -hmm. What did Jesus teach? And one of those things is to, that there's a a cruciformity to that kind of love. Like it's a love that's willing to bear pain Mm -hmm. and embrace hardship. Right. In loving service to another person. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that's an interesting place of kinship with God where you're like, um, you know, not only am I like wanting to love this kid, but I'm finding myself more aligned with the heart of Christ Right. as it goes. Right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious too, you know, you as, as parents, I, I imagine there's, um, cause in, in Christian understanding, uh, we are adopted into mm. the family of God. Uh, mm-hmm. and what has that meant for you? Especially when it, when it comes to fostering, adopting, caring for kids without homes uh, of their own, like, uh, I imagine you, you've probably garnered some curious insights mm-hmm. about like what it means to, uh, to,
5: to be adopted into the family of God. What, what have you seen there? Um, I think it's easy to look at adoption, especially when you bring someone into your home with an intent to adopt them I mean the very first moment we met our foster daughter it's like yes Yes. you we will love you forever yeah um and so to to think about that it's it's just really easy to think about our our kids our biological children our foster children all in the same light of being like equally loved and valued Mm. and Mm. seeing that you know that's the way God feels about us for sure
4: Mm.
5: wow I love it
4: yeah I think uh That in addition to um, Christ's love and like the way that he adopts. And when we come in, there aren't qualifiers. Like we don't Mm. have to to hit anything. We don't have to have been this kind of person. And so both for the child and then now for like um, the the birth family that we're getting to know. And so like it's Mm. gone from just this one child to like, oh my gosh, Lord, could we have like this family in our lives in an exciting way? And thinking how many times does God give me grace, essentially foster parts of me or parts of my family when I need to heal, just like this birth family is needing some time and they need their child to be fostered so that they can be strengthened and healed. Hmm. And like God just does that for us, like all the time he's constantly fostering pieces of us or our family so that this part of us can heal and strengthen.
3: Wow. I love it. Well, I know a, I feel like I could just keep going on and on <laughs> with this interview, but um, really, really appreciate you taking some time and um, just sharing your insights from be, being willing to be in a, a really tough territory um, uh, in foster, fostering. Um, I'm sure it's full of love and joy in lots of ways, and it's also mm. full of some perseverance through mm-hmm. uh, challenges yeah, at absolutely. the same time. And thank you just for letting us uh, you know, garner some wisdom from that, hear a little bit more about the heart of Christ, the heart of the Father, and uh yeah and i just bless you as uh, a foster parents in in our church and i hope this goes on to encourage others to do the same so thank you
0: yeah thanks matt thank you all for listening and tune in next thursday when we discuss the virtues of hope and faith be blessed